Hey everybody, welcome to the Two Broke Geeks. I'm Justin. And that silence is because there's no Matt today. Um, unfortunately, because of our scheduling issues uh, lately, uh, he won't be able to do a podcast. And so him and I were talking and I was like, well, I want to, like, we feel like we should do something. And originally I was going to... Um, put out a video from my uh, time at Midsummer Scream, um, but because I'm not very good at editing video and still very new to it, um, I'm not going to, only because it, it's very amateur and I still, the fact that everything's done portrait instead of um, landscape is a little, little annoying. Um, so I decided that it would be better that I just keep that and fiddle with it for the next time. Uh, I have the I have better equipment and better camera or whatever, so I can actually put out something um, that you guys would probably be more interested. In. I'm sure you would be interested in Midsummer Screen video. It's just I wasn't happy with it, um, so that kind of nixed that. So. I was thinking, uh, it's been a while. It's been like I think this is uh, this will be technically a hundred and six or hundred seven um, of it. I don't know. It's in the beginning of the hundreds, and it's been great. And and I don't want us to like keep missing out. So I thought more than likely we gained more followers and listeners. Uh, over the last couple of years we've been doing this and may not know like the whole story on like Matt and I and like especially with me and the stuff that's been going on so I thought it would be fun to do like a little like almost like reddit's like ask me anything kind of thing um but podcast style uh so I tweeted you guys to ask some questions as I kind of fix, kind of go through what's been happening on my end, um, uh, so yeah, um, as most of you know, like six, about six months ago, no, nine months ago. Wow, uh, wow, it's been that long. Um, about nine months ago, I decided to make the move and drive cross country to actually start. Um, doing the whole acting career because uh, it's, it's what I've always thought about doing um, and I always was interested in it and I needed to make the big the transition not to say that Vermont has acting possibilities there's plenty, plenty of uh, acting possibilities if I wanted to keep doing theater and I've done theater for so long that but I've always thought about uh, actually being in films and TV and stuff like that. So that was kind of why I moved out here and it's been it's been crazy. Um, pretty much when I first got here, homeless for about two months, just crashing on couches and at if people like I stayed at one place in Hollywood for like a couple weeks because they were leaving and needed someone to watch their cat. Um, had a couple of fraud, uh, credit card fraud bits. That was fun. 
Um, but on the acting side, um, did did some stuff. I started out as a PA for um, this little production company that I was working for Lifetime uh, on a show that maybe some of you watch called uh, My Crazy Ex. Not My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Rachel Bloom, although would be sweet, um, but a show on Lifetime called My Crazy Ex, which is like a reality uh, talk show where people talk about like horrible dates or exes and like the dates they went on and stuff like that. Um, so I did that for about two months while also working at a comic book store uh, like in the meantime. And then once that, because I was more freelance, so once that kind of dried up after a month or so, and by dried up I mean they didn't have anything and uh, I couldn't just sit there and rely on hoping that something would come around uh, as a gig because sometimes with PA work, especially with one as with little experience, it's a little bit harder to get your foot in the door. So I kind of had to play the waiting game and decided to start doing actual uh, acting stuff and signed up with uh, like a free uh, central casting, uh, which is a big kind of name out here. So through that, I was able to land a gig uh, in the uh, season finale of This Is Us, that show with uh, Mandy Moore. Um, I'm a blob, like a little blur in one scene, like a fight scene near the end, which is really cool. And uh, I was also uh, in an episode, actually technically I'm in two episodes of of the aforementioned show I worked on, uh, My Crazy Ex. Uh, my car was used in one, in one episode and I was able to be a background in another episode. So that was fun, uh, but then I had to get like down and serious because money and all that kind of stuff, and just actually finding like I found an apartment and stuff like that. So I started working at uh, Amoeba Records, which is huge. It's well known. Uh, I started there in March, and then a little over a month ago, I kind of ditched Central Casting and signed up for LA Casting, which is another great website to kind of start out. And through there, I've had a couple of auditions, done a couple of small project stuff, um, but that's about it uh, at the moment. Um, so in a nutshell, that's kind of what I've been up to. And it's been very crazy. It's been all over the place. Uh, and it's been great that I've been able to balance both working on that on that front as well as being able to still do this because I really enjoy talking about all the nerd culture stuff with Matt going and seeing these movies having these experiences now being more on the uh, convention circuit and actually going to those it's a it's been very interesting um, which leads to answering the first question uh, from Chelsea Myers who is a good friend of mine who asked me, uh, what was the tipping point that made you decide to make the move? Uh, 
pretty much my my entire life I've always had a hard time talking with people. I'm kind of an introvert. Now, I know what you're thinking. You've heard crazy I've told crazy stories and done crazy things. Uh but the thing is I do that with people I know. Uh when it comes to a lot of like brand new people and stuff like that, I'm very much I'm very closed off and it takes me a little bit to kind of get involved in situations. Um, what drew what what the tipping point for me for this for this move was kind of a combination of wanting to explore, especially with my like kind of nature of kind of being closed off around strangers and trying to like break that bubble as well as I've always been interested in Los Angeles in general for years I've always thought about it um, there was even one time in college where I was actually uh, as a transfer student got admitted into UCLA uh, for their theater program but um, unfortunately due to money and all that kind of fun stuff uh, like all the responsibilities and yeah responsibilities of like trying to save money while in college uh at the time i was dating someone and trying to outweigh and weighing out the options i was like it kind of came down to mostly money like there was no way i would be able to at the time move out here uh as well as try to find a place to live and a job and all that stuff um so that so for years after that I kind of had it on the back burner and said one day I kind of I want to do it like one day and as some of our other listeners have some of our listeners longer time listeners have heard before like I spoke about it before I've always talked about it it's not like a huge secret um but I started working at a store like a uh, like a comic store like right after college uh in the little in this little uh little shop in like a little like outdoor mall plaza in west lebanon new hampshire like 20 minutes away from living with my parents and i stayed there for about seven like six years um just trying to like make ends meet make money uh and doing stuff like being kind of close with people and, and you know you know it was like it became a comfort zone like i was doing stuff that were oh, i liked comics i liked movies loved music so it was kind of a good fit for the longest for a while because it was like i was surrounded by like-minded people as well as being thrown into the mix of exploring new comics movies all that kind of stuff so being able to ha be engaged with customers about what they don't like what they do like and it became comfortable and for the longest time like it got to the point where i was assistant manager and then um a year ago like july end of july of last year of 2016 um actually earlier than that uh the year before before like 
the like June of 2016, uh, I had just finished doing a short play, like a 10 minute play with some friend, with a director and a, a girl through this uh, uh, local theater. And the director was also, uh, also wanted like to make films. So she took our scene that like for this, our, our little 10 minute play that we did for this festival and we made it into a short film. Uh, it's called Don't Leave Me Hanging. Um, if anyone's interested, it's on YouTube. I can easily get it and show it to you guys. It's so if anyone is still new listeners, it's technically my first like acting debut on film. So that's a thing. If anyone's ever interested, I'll post it on our YouTube and Facebook page. If so, which I, I like it. It's a really fun. It was fun. It was great. Um, but after we finished. It was supposed to be just like, hey, you're actors, I'm a director, let's just kind of put this to film and then kind of just do whatever. Uh, and then once that happened, like a month or so later, she, the director uh, was like, hey, I'm going to put this into some film festivals, which was great. And uh, that, the first film festival we got into was in California, in Los Angeles, uh, the Hollywood Independent Film Festival. Yeah. So, which involved me coming out here uh, in February of 2016 uh, to see it, which was really cool. Got to see a bunch of other films with it. And it was like my first like adult-ish experience Uh in Los Angeles, even though it was only like two day two days, uh, which was really cool. Um, so that was my first instance, and then uh, that same director then approached me and asked if um, I wanted to be involved in a full length feature film she's working on, uh, not as an actor, but. Well, like I got, I had a small, I have a small like one line in the film, um, but not, but so I wasn't as an actor. I was actually like a P A A D uh, combo. So I a lot of it was like making food runs, uh, making sure paperwork was done. Um, what else? Uh, like paychecks. Uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, I was kind of a part of. But the big thing was, it was a cross-country road trip film we were doing. So we started a, so we started in July of last year, uh, like mid-July, in Los Angeles. And I drove a van from Los Angeles back to Vermont in six weeks. Uh, we, like, took, spent two weeks in... Uh, Louisiana, uh, was it Louisiana? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, I think it was, no, it wasn't Louisiana. It was um, crap. I don't remember off the top of my head. It, I'm pretty sure it's like I, I'm sure it's probably. Sorry, everyone. I'm sure you all are. So, Clark, Clarksdale, Mississippi. That yeah, uh, we were in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Sorry about that. See, it's all such a fuzz at this point. Um, 
But yeah, we we stayed two weeks in Clarksdale, Mississippi, uh, filming, and then kind of drove up to, uh, drove up through, back to Vermont, and it was in that six weeks that working on this and seeing mostly like behind the scenes how everything's run, like seeing like all the different roles being played, uh, both on screen and off. Uh, it really kind of lit a fire under me and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30 at this point. Um, I've been sitting on my ass and I really need to make a go of this. I'm at a job that although it's okay, it's kind of dead end at right now. And it's not what I want to do with my life. I want to create and be a part of a bigger network and I'm not going to have that here. So with that, I put in my two weeks and then in November, uh, in October of last year, drove 3000 miles, uh, out here to kind of, and arrived on Halloween to kind of start it off. So, I mean, that's kind of a long winded, uh, story of it. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad I did it. I'm I'm really glad I did it because not not only because it was something new and exciting, but for the longest time I had a, I never really did anything on my own. Like everything was always done with other people. So to kind of be off on my own was was exciting, and it was really cool to just explore like as i i didn't do too much exploring uh while i was out and about like driving cross country but for the most part uh it was it, it was it was like being in la is very different which leads me to uh the next question i got which was it's not really a question it's more of a uh just more of an insight from uh fellow atomic geekdom fella feller girl um jenny jenny who uh hopefully by the time this comes up there may be a video of her and i at scare la um but she was interested in knowing uh both geek and in social life issues the difference of moving from vermont which is a very less populated area versus a huge popular area like Los Angeles. So I come from a very small, I come from a small town called Sharon, Vermont. It's pretty much like, I don't know, it has a thousand people most, at most. Um, and of that small town, it's like, it's like, you know, in movies where everyone goes to like a grocery store and they're like all gossiping about like what's happened to someone like it like everyone knows everyone's business um that's pretty much the quintessential uh kind of typecast uh not typecast that's the wrong word uh, that's kind of pretty much what sharon vermont is like everyone knows each other's business uh no one can is no one can really escape anything uh you, like if you do something bad everyone in town's gonna know it's it's that kind of thing 
which is fine. It's cool. But the added thing for me was like in that small town, I'm re- most of my mom's side of the family was there. Like we, they all lived within five, five miles of each other. Like literally, like we would have, we would see each other all the time. Not saying that's a bad thing. Um, just saying that that was kind of thing. So to make the switch from a small rural town to a giant metropolis, it kind of place like Los Angeles is super jarring. I mean, I've had the advantage of at least being out here two times beforehand, before before coming moving out here, which helped kind of take away some of that shock. So it was like more like an oh, all right, that's a this is a thing now. Um, but there's, there's so much that it's still like to this day, I, I don't think I've ever been, I I don't think I've ever woken up and went to work and left in the same like mind space. Like I'm always shocked by something every single day. Whereas in Vermont, it's like, oh, there's a moose. Nothing against moose, but you see one and it's kind of like, that's it. And so the whole culture aspect is very, very different. Um, Yeah, you see a moose there. We're out here, um, at least on lifestyle wise, it's uh, like, I great instance, I've been pissed on by a homeless guy. That was fun. Um, I have been offered cocaine on two separate occasions, just off a whim. That that's a thing that happened, and I'm a pretty I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and I don't know. It's it's very interesting. It's very weird. But in that same context, I also have been to New York City, um, which I think is way more populated than Los Angeles somehow. And I don't know why. I can't explain it. That's just how I feel. I don't know. I think it's because New York City is more crunched together. Whereas Los Angeles, like you have the different areas. And I don't know. It's not as crowded. That's, I don't know. It's a hard thing. Um, so life-wise, life um, it's very, because of how big it is, there's a lot of... Um, chances to like meet people and you there's really no wrong way to really uh get involved with things i guess um there's gonna be a lot of ums i just realized in this whole thing so i apologize uh the thing is though because of how big it is and because of the way i am it makes it a little bit harder to kind of get out and explore and hopefully meet people when it's just me. Like, Jenny and her boyfriend Patrick, I'll meet up with and do stuff with, which is great. I love it. It's great. To, that's a great way to meet people. People I worked with on the film, the film, uh, I'll, I'm trying to hopefully meet up with them. But at the same time, it sometimes is a little hard for me. To like get out and do something on my own, only because 
I like to be around people and I like to feed off of other people's energy and like have back and forths. When it's by myself, like it's fine, it's okay, but it's it's very lonely. Like it, like going to Venice Beach by yourself, which it can be fun. It, you can, um, you can do that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I like it better when it's other people, and that's like been the toughest thing being out here. Is I have Jenny and Patrick. And my other, some other friends I've made, but I don't really see them that often because everyone's work schedules are always different, which is normal. Um, but on top of that, it's just kind of tough sometimes to want to get out of the apartment and do something. Maybe because that particular day I just don't feel like it, or money is super tight, and most of the things out here involve money uh so trying to find like free things uh so yeah it can be it can it's very lonely uh on life wise but i'm trying to figure it out as i go uh but geek wise like that's just torture that is so much it's so much torture because back in vermont like you have to drive probably like I like you to do social things, you have to drive a little ways. That's just Vermont. Um, for geeky things, though, very little to do, um, as far as I've seen. Like, uh, whereas, like, there's like a arcade bar in Vermont, in Burlington. There's a couple comic shops, and then sometimes, like, when Matt and I go to Toys R Us, but most of the time we have to travel like 45 minutes to an hour. Or even longer, depending on where we go. Uh, out here, it's just bananas. Like, there's so many shops with so many different things for so many different subcultures of nerddom that it makes it even harder to uh, to really like focus on trying to save your money. And on top of that, being in an area where there's always there seems to always be like some sort of convention happening that I'm trying to get involved with is is crazy like i've learned a lot more about comics and more nerd culture stuff out here uh within the last nine months than probably being at my other store if i was still working at the other store uh on the east coast and it's not especially like when it all crosses over with people in the film industry uh you start seeing all these like connections and trying to connect dots and of like, oh, this person's working on this comic, but they're also going to make a film out of it. And it's crazy. It, like, the kind of things you come across, like, like director, I've, I've met some, I've met a lot of writers. I met one of the writers for Rick and Morty a couple months ago. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And especially, like, if you were to tell young nerdy me, like you're gonna meet so many people in Los Angeles, because by the way, you're gonna move to Los Angeles. Like you're gonna meet Jason Voorhees, uh, the Crypt Keeper, uh, Captain Spaulding, uh, Brian Posehn, like it, there's a uh, Candyman. Uh, like if you told me younger me that you were gonna meet all these people, 
I probably would have kicked you in the nuts because I wouldn't believe it. But like like I said before, like these kind of opportunities don't come very often, so kind of take them where you can. And especially for trying to work on two broke geeks and trying to make connections for future projects and stuff, it's essential to kind of throw yourself in the mix when you can. So on the geek side, it's it's been just an absolute delight to just see all these people doing all these things and help promote so many uh, like small nerdy little businesses and stuff like that. It's great. Like it, it like there's a comic shop that's like a 20 minute walk for me that have so many things. I'm just like if I had the money right now, which I don't. Uh, yeah, this would all be mine. Um, so yeah, that kind of answers Jenny's insight is very different. Very, it's very different out here than, than Vermont. Um, in the greatest way, and I hope I can keep this going for a very long time. Still remains to be seen for the most part. Um, those are all mostly the like more serious-ish like life-wise kind of questions I got. The other ones I have are all kind of more nerd-related. Um, so I want to take a moment to like answer this. Most of these are from Schwinn Armstrong at uh, Obi2Kenobi. Obi underscore two underscore Kenobi. You can follow him on Twitter. Awesome guy. Has some great questions here. Um, uh, so the first one is, the first one of his is, favorite video game as a kid, one that when you play today, you still get the feels. That's a hard one because there's so many that I, like I was a big gamer from like Super Mario, uh, Mario Kart 64. Um, there's two that come to mind. They're both rare properties before um, they got bought out by Microsoft. Um, Battletoads for the Nintendo, uh, for the SNES, um, which was a shitty game. It's a shitty game. It really is. Um, But it was one of those games that I just really enjoyed no matter what. Uh, No matter what, if I had friends over, it was a great game of dicking each other over. Like, we would have more fun beating the beating the crap uh, out of each other and, like, screwing each other. Like, there's this one level where we come down a cave where you swing on, a, like, things on a cave and there's, like, crows that try to cut your wire. Um, and, and it was just it was just so much fun to, like, hit each other. And that the other game is for the Nintendo 64, also rare. I think I've talked about it on multiple occasions. Banjo-Kazooie. Um, I love Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie so much. Uh, when I was younger in the Nintendo 64, when my parents got the Nintendo 64, like, I played, like, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64, um, Mario Kart, Diddy Kong Racing, uh, the Donkey Kong 64 game, GoldenEye, but Banjo-Kazooie, for me, was just, like, the quintessential Nintendo 64 game. Like I like collecting things, and it was cool to be that they took that into a bigger step uh, with kind of the collecting is the story. 
kind of deal uh, to save like your little sister from being uh, turned into an evil giant monstrosity while Grunt- Gruntilda becomes like a hot witch. And anytime, like I tried playing it on the 64 last year, I think, and I broke it because it was old and something was wrong with the 64. But I got the feels hard for that. It was really good. Um, the other question, uh, question number two, uh, your time in LA, what is the biggest quintessential struggling actor experience you have had and will put in my book? Well, my book's going to be pretty freaking awesome, first of all. Um, the biggest struggling actor experience I've had so far is... There's there's two. Well, actually, no, there's really one, because the other one's in my... The one that I'm thinking of is mainly in my head, which is if LA Casting puts up a listing for a good paid acting gig background, uh, feature, background, whatever. If it's worth the time to go and audition, calling out of work sick or finding someone to cover, like in a short amount of time, how can I make it work? That's the one I always think of and how I would go about it. Um, but that's not, but I haven't had that experience yet. The one I did have an experience for though is with central casting uh so far the biggest one was literally spent an entire day on the phone because the way some this agency works is they post things on facebook if you see it you have to call a specific number and if you get and you have to keep calling until you get through that's like it so for this is us to me to get in that as a fainted blob in the back uh to get that i had to call a specific number i think it was 520 times it took literally my entire day uh to get that gig and that was that was like an all-day thing too which was great um but yeah that's so far been the big acting struggle is just finding the time to like hopefully try and get auditions or even just a background gig. It's, it's because you're battling so many people just for like your quick 15 seconds if you're lucky. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have better ones, but I haven't had so much luck yet. So struggling actors just going to keep coming and hopefully it will pay off. Yeah. Um the next question from Schwim Armstrong is best movie going experience I had. So I had to think about it, and there's been a good a good amount. Um, but the one that comes to mind is when Matt and I went and saw The Dark Knight Rises in Canada, because the whole night was probably the funniest thing we've ever done. And the weirdest thing we've ever done. Well, not the weirdest, but like, it was hilarious. So we go to Canada uh, because we want to see it in an IMAX. And it's and it's great. It was like a midnight release kind of deal. Uh, it was super awesome. We get there early and we decide to go to a strip club. 
because what else do you do in Canada? Well, I mean, you could do a lot of things in Canada, but in Montreal, uh, you go you go to strip clubs. So we go, and we're there for a while. Like we've each had a, we like there were like lap dances and stuff like that, and we're like sitting there having a great time, and the best moment, one of the f- the first funny moment was two girl two other girl strippers come up to us to ask if we want dances and i was like oh i'm out of money i i can't and they're like you can charge it on your credit cards like really and like the more we talked about it and then like the option and then i looked at we're like well maybe we can have some and then i looked at my um i looked at my watch not my watch my clock my phone i was like well maybe and it's all the time and we were the movie started in like 20 minutes and so like it was like this fast motion of well i guess we could oh my god we're gonna be late for the movie and just booked it out with the girls being like really confused what was happening and the second part of that is watching the movie uh the spoiler alert if you haven't seen dark knight rises um at the end of the movie when the bat plane takes the bomb over the sh- over the the river, uh, the ocean, whatever, uh, and blows up, Matt just lets out the loudest audible "No!" and like, and then like grabs his mouth to shut himself up, and I could not stop laughing. Um, that was a really good night. It was a lot of fun. I'm not going to tell you how much we spent on stuff on strippers but that was a it was a fun night i want to do that again it was great um schwinn armstrong's next question is your favorite comic book character um so i've always said it's spider-man obviously i've i grew up on spider-man like i was picked on a lot in school and i don't know something about spider-man just kind of connected with me like the nerdy kid can have superpowers. Maybe I can. Like little kid me would think. Um, but but I'm also a huge fan of like weird lesser known characters. And the big one is Moon Knight. Uh, he's a huge. He's a great great character. Uh, Mark Spector. If any of you have not read Moon Knight, read some Moon Knight, especially some of the new the new run great um but then the follow-up question from schwinn armstrong about that is take that same character who would your dream writer and artist be for it um someone who has not worked on the character before so late recently like within the last two three years i got really into the art of francesco francavella and if you haven't seen his work Look up Afterlife with Archie. It's great. Or his Monsters Unleashed variants uh, went from that mini story arc of Monsters Unleashed. Uh, his artwork is great. It's that kind of grainy, like, sort of, like, old school kind of art. And it's just dark and creepy. And I would love nothing more than him to, like, make me a Godzilla piece 
that I can just hang in my apartment when I can buy like frames and stuff like that. Um, so I would want his art and um, I guess I would I think it would be interesting to see Alan Moore do the writing for it. I don't know why. I, I, I just think he would have a very compelling story uh, for uh, for the character. I think he could really do something really cool with it. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe he has done it and I just don't know about it, which is quite possible. Um, so those are all the questions from Schwinn Armstrong. Thank you so much, man. Uh, and then our produ- one of our producers, Jeff Harris, uh, co- uh, sent me the question, non- favorite non-comic book related movie? Easy. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. One of my favorite horror movies. One of my favorite movies. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I mean, I have a lot of favorite movies. I do. There's a great amount. Um, but something about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of part of the reason why I wanted to become an actor. Partly. Um, I love the horror movies genre. I think it's great. I think there's so much you can do with it. You you're, have so much freedom with stuff. Um, that you can just have be just have so many interesting storylines about uh, about random things, and then the fact that Wes Craven kind of took that in a different route with "What if your dreams came to life and killed you?" That's just great. And Robert Englund plays the role so well. And even though the series, the franchise gets very cheesy i i i fully admit is a cheat it gets cheesy uh it's still my one of my favorite things and i watch it every halloween i always do like a because i have a the two collections for friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street that i go back and forth back and forth with each movie to lead up to freddy versus jason i love freddy versus jason screw you guys for anyone who doesn't like it uh and by that I mean, I mean you can you don't have to like it, but I love it. Um, so yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is like my favorite, one of like the one of the best, one of my favorite non-comic book films. Um, and then our other producer Matthew J. Bates the uh, second asks, "What is your guilty pleasure in movies, TV, and books?" So. I think I mentioned this in our last episode, in our last actual podcast. One of my guilty pleasures, movie-wise, is the Saw franchise. Um, I thought the first movie was really interesting, really ingenious, and very original. And then it just went full ham hog cheesy within like the first sequ- within the sequel, and then further on down the line. And I kind of enjoy it that way. Because it's just such a, f- a fun series to just see stupid and weird ways people will die. Uh, and I'm super excited for the Jigsaw movie because it just keeps adding on. And I have no idea where the hell it's going to go after, after, the la- after the final chapter 
which I always find hilarious. Um, TV guilty pleasure wise, I mean that's a toss up. There's a couple. Like I want to. I I would have to say. I mean, guilty pleasure like. I don't really have like a guilty pleasure TV show. I feel because all the TV shows I usually watch are good. Um, I mean, I went through a phase of Agents of Shield where I thought it was good, um, but after I don't know, I just kind of got sick of it. Um, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really have. I'm trying to think. I mean. Tiny? No, I would be like old school cartoons. Okay, here we go. Uh, TV show. It's a cartoon. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. But I actually do enjoy the new, the Nickelodeon one. But no, it's not guilty pleasure. That's a hard one because like guilt. I, I yeah I I'm kind of stumped on the TV one because. Like what's a. Like, I watched them. Oh, I know. Because I'm a musical theater major, I thought the show was kind of hammy and cheesy, but I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Um, Galavan. Um, it was ridiculous. It's like a musical, uh, a musical, like, hour show of just like ridiculous like music and story it was just ridiculous um and then guilty pleasure book i don't here's the thing i don't really read as much as i used to um the clo- the last thing i read was sense was no it was pride and prejudice and zombies yeah that's right i read that um but yeah i haven't really read a book in a i mean i've read comics and graphic novels Till the till the cows come home, but like an actual book, like it's been a while. Like I've read a lot of Stephen King, I read a lot of like weird like horror sci-fi kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean I don't really unfortunately don't really have a guilty pleasure book unless you want to count. Oh, Abraham Vampire Hunter. That's a it's a good book. It's a really cheesy book, but it's good. Um, yeah. So the only other question I think I have is from a fellow podcast group from Atomic Geekdom as well. Uh, well, tech, he's a part of it. Um, fellow podcaster Johnny, who if you haven't listened to him and Randy's show called Just Two Pals, definitely go check it out. You'll enjoy it. It's fun. Um, John asks Johnny asked me the following question we currently stand in the precipice of social and ecological change one step in the wrong direction means the dissemination of our future our children's future so my question to you is who is your favorite planeteer and if you could pick one of the rings which would it be mine is Wheeler and I want the wind ring well I too am a Wheeler fan um, but I would actually kind of stick classic Wheeler and go with the uh, fire ring, which is hilarious because I think either Johnny or Randy uh, pitched the idea of if they made a Captain Planet 
live action film, I would be I should be Wheeler, which I would be totally down with. Um, so yeah, go Planet Tears. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. So if you've made it this far into this, thank you so much. Um, the reason I wanted to do this was you hear Matt and I talk a lot of nerd stuff and sometimes talk, tell silly stories of things that happen to us and a lot of the time that's kind of it. And because of our schedules, I thought it would be kind of cool to be uh, to kind of take a step back, talk about ourselves a little bit. I'm sure if this works well and is well received, maybe Matt will do one as well about stuff that he's working on, uh, wants to work on, stuff like that. Um, so the whole purpose of this was just to kind of give you more of a backstory, hopefully, on on me, because you guys have been so awesome listening to us and giving feedback. Uh, this podcast, we would still be doing it if no one listened. Um, you're about to hear some meowing, so I'm sorry for that. Uh, uh, we literally couldn't... I mean, we would do this podcast if only one person was listening, because Matt and I just like talking about this stuff. But the fact that from when we started to now, that we've been brought into a team atomic geekdom uh we've made all these podcast friends i've now have been found myself writing a little bit more in the past not recently uh for the site as well as now being more involved with um actually like going to cons and stuff like that uh it's it's been wild and i felt like it was kind of it would be kind of a nice little touch to be able to kind of share how we felt how at least how I felt to all of you and like just give you a more behind the curtain of what's been going on and it kind of the message is for any because I know we've had people like message us about how we've inspired them to start their own podcast and stuff like that. I'm hoping, my hope is that with my story and hopefully getting more, act, starting more acting stuff, hopefully maybe we can light fires under other people to get more involved as well, whether it be acting, podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever has you. Just know that Matt and I didn't expect any of we did not expect this kind of stuff to kind of happen it just did and it worked out great and but we never thought it was going to become anything else than just us talking about things and why i'm single and all and stupid stuff like that and then nerd stuff along the way um so thank you to everyone who listen to listens to us and keep on doing what you can to make your life a little bit better and do always do stuff that makes you feel better about yourself and makes you feel a little bit creative whatever it is drawing uh podcasting uh performing arts whatever it is just do it all right um 
So again, thank you all for, if you made it this far, thanks again. Um, hopefully this is well received. If you liked it, please let us know uh, either through Twitter or uh, through Twitter at 2BGPod or Instagram at 2BGPod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jpomegranate um, if you so want to. Um, and you can follow Matt at Ace of Knaves as well. Um, you can find us on uh, as well as on iTunes, Satchel, as well as on the Atomic Geekdom website, where we have like where we have we sometimes are on their show, uh, them and the Just Two Pals. They've been awesome. It's been a fun ride so far. Can see where it goes next. Um, so thanks again. And again, let us know if this is something you would be more interested in, uh, in terms of like every once in a while, maybe just getting like updates on like what the geeks are doing or something like that. So hopefully next week it will be an actual episode. But until then, uh, this is Justin of the Two Broke Geeks. Thank you. <laughs>